Welcome to American Indian and Alaska Native Living, a program designed to educate and inspire listeners throughout Indian country. American Indian and Alaska Native Living is hosted by Dr. David DeRose, a board-certified specialist in both internal medicine and preventive medicine. Dr. DeRose has a wide range of experience with Native health issues, and he is here today to help you learn more about your health. Here is Dr. DeRose. Welcome to American Indian and Alaska Native Living. I am Dr. David DeRose. Today we've got a show lined up for you that is designed to help put you in the driver's seat when it comes to making lifestyle changes. We are in the midst of a really exciting time in the year 2023. It is the month of January when we're recording this, and we're getting geared up for a really exciting program in February of 2023. Some of you that are regular listeners heard our last episode. We are talking about really unleashing the power of something that many people in indigenous communities have valued for literally centuries, and that is the power of fasting. We are especially seeking to bring it to bear when it comes to areas in our life that we're having trouble reining in, if you will. Fasting can be extremely powerful. I've had the privilege of working with fasting, especially working with it very intensively when I had the privilege of working in the state of Oklahoma for over a decade. There I helped to open up a facility called the Lifestyle Center of America. When I say help to open up, that facility. I was one of the original clinicians when that program opened up, a physician there on the staff of that institution. Uh, last I knew, it's a facility now owned by the Chickasaw Nation. At the time, it was an independent uh, nonprofit organization. And we just saw some exciting things happen when we worked with people to harness the power of fasting. If you're just joining us, hearing about this program for the first time, we are launching something called Fast 8. The launch date is February 5th of 2023, and this is our second program that we're featuring this program, uh, this Fast 8 program on, and the reason we're doing it is because since releasing last week's episode, I've already had people talking with me, I've been interacting with people in the true spirit of indigenous communities. I've been sharing one-on-one with people, sharing in groups, and the value that People throughout uh, Indian country have recognized, whether it's a, a talking circle, whether it's a, an elder in a home sharing oral history with the family, there's something powerful happens when you share a concept. We shared this concept, this uh, new approach to weight loss called the Fast Aid Program, but it's not just weight loss. As I've been talking with people since recording last week's episode, I've been telling people this is not just a weight optimization program, it is a health optimization program. And what we're doing is we're trying to harness eight different fasts to help put you in the driver's seat when it comes to challenging lifestyle issues, whether it relates to your weight, whether it relates to diabetes, whether it relates to high blood pressure. There's a whole list of things that these nutritional approaches can help you to deal with. So having said all that, we're going to dive back into the program. Let me give you a quick overview for those of you who were not with us for our initial episode on this topic. And uh, I will refer you to a special handout. This handout is a work in progress. Maybe I should just stop. I'm excited about this if you can't tell, but we're doing something really at least revolutionary for me. And maybe I should uh, frame it this way. Many of you who've worked in tribal leadership, uh, maybe you've worked in the health sector in Indian country, maybe you're not Native, you're tuning in today, but you're familiar with something called 
community-based participatory research. And there's a long history of dialogue about this topic in Indian country. Let me characterize it this way. As I've talked with people in various uh, tribal communities over the years, I've heard stories of how, well, these researchers just came in, they measured stuff on us, they never shared anything with us, they released this data about us, some of it put us in a very bad light. And uh, there's a saying in Indian country uh, today, nothing about us without us. This is kind of crystallizing this whole idea of we want to be in partnership. We want to be listening to the voices of people that we're trying to help, even if we have a level of expertise. So let me now, with those kind of thoughts percolating in your minds, perhaps wondering where this is going, I have a long history of working with patients, working with individuals in the area of weight loss. Shortly after completing my internal medicine residency, I worked for a large hospital system. I ended up serving as the medical director of this uh, hospital system's weight loss program. And uh, that was many, many years ago. And I've worked with many people trying to get lifestyle issues under control. So I've seen a lot of things work. I've seen a lot of things that have not worked for different people. So I'm coming into this topic uh, fully aware, hey, I could just implement uh, a program that I've used before. I could just use some of the weight loss strategies I've used working with people in the past. But we're trying to do something very different. We're trying to involve people who are involved in the dialogue with actually designing the program. I know this may sound kind of crazy to some of you folks who are the type of patients I've had over the years when I give them options and I say, well, what would you like to do? They say, well, you tell me what to do. You're the doctor. And we're trying to change that narrative with the FAST-8 program. This is kind of a grassroots program that's drawing yes from my expertise, from my experience, but it's really listening to you. And so since releasing the initial episode of this show, I've also given some public uh, presentations. I've talked with some small groups, and I'm getting different feedback from people. They're saying, you need to fine-tune this aspect of the program. Or if they're not saying that, I'm hearing, reading between the lines, and we're actually doing something really exciting. We've got a free handout that goes along with this program. You can download it right now. But we're asking people not just download a handout, but register for the program because we're already in the fifth version of this handout and we just started working with it in the last week or so. So we're just updating this as people are interacting with us. We're getting ready to do some interactive video programming in February that you can join us for. The first event will take place uh, Saturday evening, February 4th. We'll have more detail uh, for you if you uh, sign up for the program. To sign up, you simply go to our, our sister website, which is TimelessHealingInsights.org. Many of the browsers, you've got to put in that www. at the beginning, but www.TimelessHealingInsights.org. If you go there, the first thing you'll see, if you scroll down, you'll see the FAST8 Health and Weight Optimization Program. Jump on there, sign up, you'll immediately get access to the current version of the handout, and then whenever we come out with an updated handout or when we're releasing video content or having interactive video sessions that will start in February of 2023, you will be notified, you'll be able to jump on with us. So let me tell you about the program, quick overview for those of you that already know about it, and then I'll tell you some of the new things that have happened just in the last uh, week or so. 
And if you say, I'm not interested in any program, I'm just scrolling across the dials, I want something that's going to help me, we're going to give you some very practical things that can help you in this program. Whether you sign into a website, whether you get a handout, whether you have anything to do with this Fast 8 program or not. So let me quick give you an overview. Fast 8, we're calling it Fast 8 because we're focused on eight fasts, eight fasting strategies that we roll out over an eight-week time period that we believe can give you the keys to healthy lifestyle practices and can help you actually finally get a grip, perhaps, on your weight, your blood pressure, your diabetes. Fast 8. What kind of fast are we talking about? The first week, and like I said, this is review for some of you, but I'm going to give you some new material right in as we get here. The first week, originally, the way it was articulated is that we were going to give you basically the choice of two things. and We've expanded that a little bit, and I'll explain. So the choices we were giving you out of the box were to go on a fast. We call it the leaf, stem, and flower vegetable fast. You could do it in one of two ways. These were the two options initially. One option was you do this for one day per week, each of the eight weeks of the program. And someone says, well... What does that mean? What's a leaf, stem, and flower vegetable fast? That is a fast where you're just eating vegetables that are either leaf vegetables, things like kale, collards, lettuce, cabbage, uh, stem vegetables like celery, asparagus, flower vegetables like uh, broccoli, cauliflower. And um, we have a whole list of some of these vegetables in the free handout. You say, well, that sounds like a very extreme fast to go a whole day on that. And I'm taking insulin. We mentioned all that in the first program. If you didn't get a chance to listen to it, listen to the previous episode of American Indian and Alaska Native Living. It was the show that was released for January 16th of 2023. But here's what's different. Here's what we've added. In my work at the Lifestyle Center of America, we realized, even when we were working with pretty intensive fasting regimens, that there were certain people that just could not fast. They had to be eating something. And we were trying to find out what we could offer them in the way of not eating any calories, but still putting something in their stomach because they were taking strong medicines that they needed to take with food, or there were other reasons. So one of the things we put together is a special, I'm calling it right now an herbal jello. At the time, we called it the gelée parfait. Um, it was kind of a high-end lifestyle center, so you figure, well, you got to come up with a higher-end name for a jello alternative. But it was an herbal jello made from guar gum and psyllium seed husks. Now, I know some of you, your mouth is just watering. No, I'm saying that tongue-in-cheek. That doesn't probably sound all that tempting to you. But here's what we did. What was so interesting is what we did for these folks is we actually made this jello. We put uh, various things. We used like an herb tea base. Uh, there's some nice-tasting herb teas. That was one of the versions we did. Uh, some people like things with some artificial uh, flavorings and sweeteners and colorings in it. And, you know, if you want to go that route, you can go that route. That's not particularly where I'm at, but as far as more natural options, you can use something like stevia as a sweetener and you can use an herb tea base. And we'll have a recipe in the handout for you if you'd like that. What the research shows is when you eat guar gum and psyllium seed husk at the beginning of a meal, it has a blood sugar stabilizing effect. So for people with diabetes, if they ate that at the beginning, a serving of that, maybe a half cup of this um, herbal jello, 
at the beginning of their meal, it kept their blood sugar more stable. They could eat the same meal five hours later. If they didn't have this special herbal jello before it, what would happen? Their blood sugar would go up much more. The other thing about this is when you eat that herbal jello, it's got basically no calories in it. So you're helping to fill up your stomach with things that are no calories. So this is beneficial as far as uh, weight loss attempts. But a third thing that's really exciting about this Jello alternative, and it's this. The soluble fibers that you find in things like guar gum and psyllium seed. By the way, psyllium seed is the active ingredient in Metamucil, if that uh, makes it a little bit more comprehensible to you. Those soluble fibers tend to prolong levels in the blood of a hormone called cholecystokinin. Now, I know this sounds very technical, and it is, but CCK, or cholecystokinin, I learned about in med school years ago, was something that told your gallbladder to release its bile when you were eating a fatty meal. We now know that cholecystokinin also has powerful appetite, satiety effects, appetite suppressant or uh, satiety-inducing effects. So what this means is if you can keep your level of CCK higher, it's going to make you less likely to potentially overeat at a meal or to want to snack and eat more calories between meals. So this is a really encouraging thing. So several options for day one. So we've expanded this. Those of you that have heard about the program already, we're uh, expanding week one options to include this special uh, herbal jello using guar gum and psyllium seed husk. And that is something that you can employ as an option. So how do you take part in the Fast Aid program? You simply download the handout. You don't have to log in with us. You don't have to tell us anything. We do ask you to register so we can keep you updated, giving you the updates, giving you links to videos that we're releasing. But uh, you do that all at the website, www.timelesshealinginsights, that's plural, insights, I-N-S-I-G-H-T-S dot O-R-G, www.timelesshealinginsights.org. We're going to come back, and I'm going to tell you about another fast that we've added to the program. We didn't tell you about this if you heard the initial episode, and it's something that will help you whether you ever go on any kind of fasting regimen or not. It's a fast that, believe it or not, you can do every day of your life and actually still eat all you want. Have I got you thinking? I'll explain it to you right after this. Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please reach out to us on the web at A-I-A-N-L dot O-R-G. That stands for American Indian Alaska Native Living. Again, A-I-A-N-L dot org. Or you can call us at 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. We'll be right back after this. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. 
When Jim died, I wondered if I would be able to keep the farm. Then I heard about the USDA's loan program for socially disadvantaged farmers and ranchers. It's for women and minorities who may be having trouble getting credit. Once I was approved, the USDA's Farm Service Agency helped me get the credit I needed. Now I don't have to sell, and I can pass the farm down to my kids the way Jim's dad passed it down to him. I know he'd like that. Contact your local USDA Service Center or visit www.fsa.usda.gov. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian and Alaskan Native Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. You're back with Dr. David DeRose on American Indian and Alaskan Native Living. We're talking more about an exciting consumer-driven, if you will, patient-driven, participant-driven, listener-driven, viewer-driven program that we're calling the FAST-8 Weight and Health Optimization Program. FAST-8 is uh, a name that we've used because we're utilizing eight different FASTs. Let me tell you about one of the new FASTs that uh, we didn't talk about in our previous program. And this FAST is fasting at the end of your meal. Now, a lot of people are saying, wait a minute, fasting at the end of my meal? Yes, remember I told you as we were going out into the break that this is a fast that you can do every day for the rest of your life and still eat all that you want. You say, well, wait a minute, fast at the end of a meal? Well, we always fast at the end of a meal because we stopped eating. Here's where we're going with this. One of the biggest problems that I've seen in... uh, The whole area of weight management is people not learning to differentiate between two important brain cues. And let me tell you what they are. One is what I refer to as hunger. The other I refer to as appetite. Now, there's other people that have uh, weighed in on this, thousands of them. You can look different definitions of what hunger is and what appetite is. But let me tell you how I use the terms. And let me tell you why it's so powerful if you're trying to get your lifestyle under control. And this is true whether you're trying to lose weight or whether you're trying to improve your blood sugar, your blood pressure, your cholesterol. Hunger, as I use the term, is a true physiologic need for calories that your brain is perceiving. Your brain is saying, I need calories, I'm hungry. Appetite, on the other hand, is a desire for food desire for calories that may or may not 
be in keeping with your physiologic needs. The example I typically use for this is to talk about someone who's been fasting. They haven't eaten anything, no calories for 24 hours. I say, hey, if I'm talking with someone, if I'm talking with a group, I say, if you have not eaten for 24 hours and it's breakfast time, you've just awakened, is it likely that you're going to be hungry? And most people will say, well, yes, I haven't eaten in 24 hours. I say, well, is it likely you will have a good appetite? And they will say, yes. Appetite is actually desirable when you're hungry. You want to have a desire to eat. As a physician, I've worked with patients with various chronic diseases, and they lose their appetite when they get ill. Maybe they have some malignancy, a cancer. Maybe they have some digestive issues. Maybe they have some kind of autoimmune process, and they lose their appetite, and they're wasting away because they don't have an appetite. So appetite is something desirable when you are hungry, when your body is saying, I need calories. The problem is, in many cultures in the world, we educate ourselves to eat when we are not hungry. And so most of us, I'm telling you from experience, it was true for me. When I grew up, I would be offered food at all kinds of times. I go to visit a friend. Maybe I had just eaten. And I go to my friend's home, and what do they do? They offer me something to eat. And what would I do? I'd eat it. We go to school, and uh, someone's having a birthday, and they give out uh, you know, cupcakes or candy or something, and we eat it. There was a teacher I remember in high school. He'd pass out candy bars to the students. So we're taking a test. He would, didn't want us to be hypoglycemic when we were taking the test, and he'd pass out candy bars. Well, some of you are saying, well, is that what you're advocating? Uh, no, no. Here's where we're going with this. Most of the patients I've dealt with, they can't differentiate between hunger and appetite. In this fast aid program, one of the things we're going to challenge our participants to do is to learn to distinguish between hunger and appetite. Because once your hunger is satisfied, you want to stop eating, even if your appetite is still good. Some of you are familiar with the uh, book, that uh, I co-authored. It's called 30 Days to Natural Blood Pressure Control. We do have a short, but uh, I think a very good section on weight loss in that book. It's in uh, chapter five, where we deal with different nutritional strategies for blood pressure. And if you're not aware, losing weight will help blood pressure. It will help diabetes. It will help uh, joint problems. Uh, so it helps a host of things. We'll tend to help your cholesterol. So in that book, we shared something, and I'll just read this paragraph from the book, and the key here is to, again, get in touch with when you are eating to satisfy hunger and when it is merely appetite clamoring for more. I'm told the Okinawans from Okinawa, Japan, have incorporated this concept into a traditional teaching, referred to as harahachibu. The common translation is, eat until you are 80% full. Now, this is uh, an indigenous practice overseas, you hear among the Okinawans, but what are we talking about here? We're talking about if you get up from the table and you feel that you can't eat anymore, you can't hold anymore, you have eaten more calories than you needed, more than your body needed, and more than is going to be beneficial for your blood pressure, your weight, your uh, diabetes, go down the list, your cholesterol. So, Here's what we're saying. I want to help you get in touch with the difference between hunger and appetite. First of all, just talking about it is the first step. 
And some of you are scratching your heads, I know, because I've worked with many people trying to help to educate them on this topic. And they say, well, what are you talking about? How do I know the difference between hunger and appetite? Here's the first key. The first key is just being aware that there's a difference. Once you start thinking there's a difference, I would ask you, um, some of you are in the habit of, uh, of praying before you eat. If that's a habit for you, uh, if you're in the habit of, of thanking the Creator for the food, whatever your habit might be, if you have some kind of a habit where you pause before the meal, ask for help to discern between hunger and appetite. Now, here's how it works. As you're eating the meal, you're thinking about this somewhere in the back of your mind, I hope. Maybe you put a card on your table, hunger versus appetite, and you start asking the question, well, is my hunger satisfied? If you're legitimately asking the question, if you have a concern, is hunger satisfied or not, what I recommend you do is stop eating. Just stop eating right at that point. You say, well, maybe I really need more calories to get me through to my next meal. Unless you're taking uh, insulin or some other medicine that lowers a normal blood sugar, the odds are you're going to make it just fine to your next meal, even if you eat a few less calories at the present meal. So if you've got a question whether it's hunger or appetite, just stop eating. Some people say, well, you know, that's too bold, Dr. DeRose. I'm uncomfortable with this. So let me tell you what to do then. Do something that we call the substitution test. And the substitution test works like this. It's based on a recognition. The recognition is if you're hungry, you'll eat anything that is acceptable to you to satisfy your hunger. Okay? So if you go to someone's home, they don't have a lot of options, or maybe it's a, a buffet. You walked into, a let's say, a school cafeteria as they're closing up, and uh, the only thing that's out is a salad, and you're hungry. What are you going to do? You might say, well, you know, something uh, sounds more appealing than salad, but I'm really hungry. That's all that's there. What are you going to do? You're going to eat the salad. So hunger will eat anything that's acceptable. Appetite typically calls for specific things. So here's how you work this using the substitution test. Let's say you're asking the question at a meal, is this hunger or appetite? I want a, uh, a third serving of the vegetarian lasagna. And you say, uh, well, that's not a traditional native food. You say, okay, well, just, just hang in with me for the example, okay? It's a vegetarian lasagna, your, your friend's house, and you want a third serving. You're asking the question, is this hunger or appetite? Now, remember, the best thing to do, if you're asking the question seriously, is just say, you know what? I'm finished. It was really good, but I've had enough. I'm satisfied. Thank you so much. But here's the deal. If you say, you know, I've worked hard today, I've got a lot going on, I don't want to run low on calories, I think this may really be hunger. So then you do the substitution test. It works like this. If you're really hungry, say, okay, I'm not going to have a third serving of the lasagna, but I will have some more of the broccoli that's here. Is broccoli acceptable to you? You know, I mean, it's something detestable, you know, that you can't eat, that you can't stomach. Uh, no, you can't do this substitution test. But if you say, no, no, broccoli is fine. It's not my favorite food, but I can eat it. Well, if you're really hungry, then you'd have another serving of the broccoli. Okay, that's all that's uh, the only option for you. Would you be willing to have more broccoli? You say, well, I'm really hungry. If that's all that's there, I'll eat the broccoli. That shows that it is likely hunger. And then what I tell people, you don't have to eat the broccoli. Go ahead and have the lasagna if that's what you prefer. So you're just testing yourself. Is this really hunger or is it appetite? If you say, no, I don't want broccoli. I'm only hungry for lasagna. Well, how about the whole wheat bread? Do you like whole wheat bread? 
well, I don't really, it's not my favorite, but I, I like it, you say. Um, well, if you're hungry, why don't you have another piece of whole wheat bread? I don't want the whole wheat bread. I am only hungry for the lasagna. Do you see where this is going? So if you're calling for just a specific food, if that's the only thing that you want, then it is likely appetite and not hunger. And that substitution test, when you do that, you say, you know what? That tells me it's time to push away from the table. So why have we been talking about this? It's a powerful principle that you can incorporate, can help you, whether you ever go on the Fast 8 program or any other weight loss program. If you can tap in to when you're hungry, when it's appetite calling for food, this can make a big difference, can make a big, big leap as far as you making progress with metabolic diseases. I want to tell you about some other really exciting things that we're tweaking as far as the Fast 8 program. We've got it all coming up in our next segment. I'm also going to tell you how to get the free handout if you haven't heard already. I'm Dr. David DeRose. Stay tuned for more right after this. American Indian and Alaska Native Living will continue in a moment. If you have questions or comments about today's pre-recorded broadcast, please contact us on the web at AIANL.org or call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. A message from the National Police Association. It used to be that any able-bodied person would offer to assist a police officer in danger. Now, passers-by are more likely to take a video. There's a better use for your phone when an officer's in trouble. Call 911. Tell the operator where you are and what you see. Then, start your video to provide evidence later. To learn more about how you can assist law enforcement, visit nationalpolice.org. That's nationalpolice.org. Using meth taught me everything about freedom, only not like you think. It taught me how easy it is to lose your freedom. If you think meth is taking control of you, ask for help. You have the power to be truly free. I know. I'm Jan, and I'm free from meth. If you or someone you know is struggling with meth, call 1-800-662-HELP for 24-hour free and confidential treatment referral. Learn more at samhsa.gov meth. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian and Alaskan Native Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. Welcome back to American Indian and Alaska Native Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. Today we're giving you more information about an exciting program that you, my listeners, are helping to develop as well as others that I'm interacting with in person. It is a program that we're calling the FAST-8 Weight and Health Optimization Program. It's based on eight fasting strategies. If you've been with us from the top of the hour, you've heard about two of them. One of them is fasting at the end of your meals. In other words, not overeating. And the other fast that we talked about is the so-called leaf, stem, and flower vegetable fast. More details on both of those uh, fasts, at least the first one, the leaf, stem, and flower vegetable fast, in our first episode on this topic that aired last week on American Indian and Alaska Native Living. I told you that we'd give you information about getting a very special handout. I've worked with many lifestyle programs over the years, but never have I worked with a program, not that I can recall, 
where I actually had the participants helping design the program. That's what we're doing. This is like a beta test of a new approach to weight loss. It's incorporating many of the weight loss principles that I've used with patients over the course of uh, actually over 30 years. And we're trying to give you tools that will be successful for you without um, shaming, without blaming you, without uh, putting you in the position where you feel like you've just failed again. That's what this program is all about. And uh, if you've already requested the handout and you have not signed up for the updates, all I can encourage you to do is do that. Get the updates as well. If uh, you don't want us to have a way to track you down, that's fine. Just go ahead and log in periodically and and get the the version of the handout. But if you do sign up, we will let you know we've got a a special uh, video launch for the program coming out February 4th of 2023. And if you want to get information about that, just go to TimelessHealingInsights.org. That's where you get the free handout. That's where you sign up for the updated handouts that we're continually updating this as we interact with those of you, my listeners and others that we're sharing this with in public venues. And uh, it's also the place to access the videos that we're releasing. So again, the website www.timelesshealingInsights.org timelesshealinginsights.org. That's where you want to go. And uh, let's, with that in mind, talk now about uh, this concept a little bit more of differentiating hunger and appetite. I really want to make sure you've got this tool because it's such a powerful one. We're likely going to talk about it uh, maybe to some extent uh, in our initial video presentation because it is so powerful. And uh, I'm not going to go through everything that we have in our book, 30 Days to Natural Blood Pressure Control, but I'm going to give you a few other pointers. And uh, like I said, we may build on this in the uh, February 4th, 2023 live video presentation. But if you're trying to differentiate between hunger and appetite, remember, hunger is uh, your body needs calories. The brain perceives it, and it's saying, feed me, okay? Appetite is a desire for food that may or may not be in harmony with your hunger. So if you want to know the difference between the two, one is you've got to slow the pace of your eating. Slow the pace of your eating. If you're eating real quickly, you're not going to be able to differentiate between the two. And um, there's all kinds of strategies to, to slow the tempo of eating. One of them is just focus on chewing your food thoroughly. That actually gives you more satisfaction per calorie as well, so it's a really good weight loss strategy. And uh, we emphasize that thorough chewing of your food. The other pointer that I'll give you is uh, never serve food in courses. You know, the old uh, way of, you know, oh, here's the uh, appetizer and, you know, now here's the salad and then here's your entree. And when you do that, it just greatly increases the likelihood of overeating and uh, not being sensitive to those cues of when your hunger has been satisfied. Think about it this way. If you just were fully satisfied with a a great meal and then someone says, oh, I've got dessert. Well, what happens? You immediately, it immediately tends to awaken your appetite for the dessert, especially if it looks something appealing. And if the dessert had been out there from the beginning of the meal, you may have said, hey, I'm not going to take so much of the entree because I want to save room for the dessert. So we're going to transition from this concept as powerful as it is And I want to come back to this uh, leaf, stem, and flower vegetable concept and uh, why we're emphasizing 
eating these plant foods. There's a number of sections in the fasting regimen that we're going to expose the uh, participants to that really point people more in the direction of these whole plant foods. And many of you throughout Indian country, you're saying, hey, I mean, I, I grew up with this. And uh, to me, it, it really is amazing. You know, as, as varied as traditions are throughout Indian country, I've worked with people in a lot of tribal communities and very different ways of life. If I'm working with uh, indigenous folks up in, in Canada or up into Alaska, as compared to people in the lower 48, very different lifestyle choices in many cases. But what's so interesting to me is one of the things that was pretty pervasive throughout uh, North America, especially the lower 48, is uh, this whole idea of the three sisters. Having talked with people in the northeastern parts of the U.S., uh, I think of my some of my friends who are members of some of the Iroquois nations, or uh, thinking about folks that I've met in the, in the Southwest, hear the same dialogue. Uh, we grew up valuing the three sisters, the corn, the beans, the squash. These foods that have been held in high esteem in many Native communities throughout uh, the world, many indigenous communities, you go down into Middle America and South America and find something similar. It's fascinating because there is modern research that is just showing some compelling connections. I'm looking at a study that we featured in graphic form, and we're going to put this graphic, uh, I believe, into the handout. That, that's my plan, that it will be incorporated into the free handout. We have permission from the publishers. But uh, it was originally put into our book, 30 Days to Natural Blood Pressure Control, the No Pressure Solution, 30 Days to Natural Blood Pressure Control. And uh, it's figure 5.10 if you have the book. It's data from the nurses' health study, and uh, they looked at these thousands of nurses, and they followed them over a period of 20 years, at least for this particular study. The this, this study's been going on for longer than this, but this particular study was, was published after 20 years of follow-up, and they looked at what happened when these nurses had an additional serving per day of different foods. What happened to their weight? Were there certain foods, if they ate more of them, did it tend to increase their weight? Were there certain foods that if they ate more of them, did it decrease their weight? Now, this may come as no surprise to you, but as they looked at, uh, what have I got here, about a dozen categories of food, there was one category of food that far and above everything else, the more servings a person ate of this food, the more weight they gained over time. You know what that food was? It was French fries. We're going to come back to this in a minute, okay? The second most uh, associated with weight gain over time. So in other words, the more servings people ate of this food, the more likely they were to gain weight. That was potato chips. Now, somebody say, well, of course, I mean, if someone's eating you know, pounds and pounds of potato chips or French fries, they're going to gain weight. We're just talking about having one more serving a day, okay? Just one, one, you know, comparing two ladies, two nurses. One is not eating the French fries. The other is the one who's eating the, the french fries, even if it's just one serving a day, is going to have dramatically higher weight over time, everything else being equal. Now, let me tell you the other foods that were associated with weight gain and see if you can notice any patterns. Unprocessed red meats. So that would include everything from beef to, I mean, granted, there probably wasn't a lot of venison and bison being eaten, but uh, these would be under the category of unprocessed red meats. 
processed red meats also associated with weight gain. Those would be things like your hot dogs and your, your cold cuts, your deli slices, things like that, these processed meats, sausages, sweets or desserts, 100% fruit juice, all of these things associated with weight gain, sugar-sweetened beverages, refined grains, so it would be your white flours, your white rice, your uh, refined corn. But now, now we come to the things that were associated with weight loss. Uh, before we do, I skipped over one that was associated with weight gain, and that was butter. Perhaps no surprise to you, okay? Now, four categories of foods associated with weight loss. So the more women were eating of these foods, the less they weighed over time. First were the whole grains. When I say first, th these aren't in, in rank order, just in the way that this graphic was, uh, was designed. Whole grains, nuts. Isn't that amazing? So nuts, eating more nuts was actually associated with less weight over time. Vegetables and fruits. So some people ask, well, why do we have this leaf stem and flower fast the first week? Why do we launch that first? Why do we have people trying to eat more vegetables? Because vegetables, nutritional powerhouses loaded with vitamins and minerals, but they're one of these four food groups, and you'll notice these four food groups that they studied, they're all from plant sources, the whole grains, the nuts, the vegetables, the fruits. So what we're really trying to encourage people to do in this program, and different fasts that we implement over the eight-week period, is trying to incorporate more of these weight-reducing foods and eat less of the foods that tend to put on weight. Now, that brings us to another um, addition to the program based on your feedback, okay, based on dialogue. So if you downloaded the handout, anything before version 1.4, so the first version that we put out was 1.0, and depending on when you listened to the first episode of this radio show, if you did, you may have jumped right on, downloaded the handout. Some of the earlier versions of the handout did not have this particular fast included, We've included another fast, another fasting strategy. And we've done something really interesting, I think, based on, on feedback. Our goal in this program is that everyone who starts on this eight-week program is going to finish it. So what we're doing is we're putting a lot of options in it. Even though I'm telling you right now about different fasts, quote-unquote, if you hear one, you say, well, I could never do this. I couldn't do this for eight weeks. We're not making anyone do anything to stick with the program. We're letting you individualize the program. Granted, the, um, well, here's the analogy I used. We want you to clear all the hurdles on the program. We're letting you make the hurdles as low as possible so you can clear them. But the message is the lower you make those hurdles, the more likely it is that you won't have as big an impact. Let me just pause right here. So many people that have gone on weight loss programs over the years, they just tend to feed into their minds this uh, attitude that they're a failure. Because even if they make some progress, they go back to their old lifestyle. We're trying to do something different with this program. My goal in this program is, yes, we're introducing these different fasts. I have no expectation that you're going to continue all these things for the rest of your life. But as we're introducing these different things over eight weeks, I'm challenging participants to say, what is going to be different for the rest of your life? What are you going to stick with long-term? You may just pick a couple of things. And I tell people, I would rather you just change one or two things for the rest of your life, things that you're going to stick with long-term, 
then make a hundred changes that you have no intention of continuing long term. The things that will help you for the long haul are things that you say, hey, I can do this. I can make this a part of my lifestyle. We're going to come back with uh, some exciting information about a new fast that we've added since some of the earlier editions of the program. It is a fast that can really help you. It taps into indigenous wisdom, and uh, so thankful for that. We've got our final segment coming up. We're talking about the Fast 8 program. More right after this. Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. We'll be right back after this. If a natural disaster comes knocking, how prepared is your family? You can't just close the door on earthquakes, floods, or hurricanes and hope they go away. That's why it's important to make a plan now. Ready.gov plan has the tools and tips you need to prepare your family for an emergency. So if disaster shows up at your doorstep, you'll be ready. Visit ready.gov plan and make a plan today. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. I'm just texting him back. I'm just posting a story. I'm just changing the song. I'm just... No. When it comes to distracted driving, just don't. Sending a text takes your eyes off the road for just five seconds, but in that time, your car can travel the length of an entire football field. Any distracted driving just isn't worth it. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. What is a number story? My number story started with fear and a lack of support, and it has led me to be there for others. A number story begins in our childhood with ACEs, adverse childhood experiences. My number story begins with the separation from my father and the emotional abandonment from my mother and leads to me being a role model to not only myself, but those around me by becoming the person that wasn't there for me. ACEs are so common, two-thirds of us have one. My number story begins with drug abuse and homelessness and leads to realizing that I can live life by my own standards. A study found the more ACEs, the more likely we may experience a host of serious health effects, physical and mental, but that doesn't need to be the case. Your ACE number is simply an entry point to your own story. Where it leads is up to you. My number story begins with years of emotional abuse and leads to peace, clarity, and security in my self-worth. Take control of where your number story leads at numberstory.org. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian and Alaskan Native Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. Welcome back to American Indian and Alaska Native Living. We're in our final segment for today's edition of the broadcast, and this is the second in a series of uh, two consecutive radio shows that we have developed um, to really complement a new program. It is called the Fast 8 Weight and Health Optimization Program, and it's a program that's designed for you. We're listening to you as you dialogue with us. If you're wondering the best way to get a hold of us, it is going through that same TimelessHealingInsights.org website. And uh, there's also a, a special email address on the handout. 
where you can uh, reach me directly. We want to hear from you. We're trying to tailor this program for you as we roll it out, and we've already been making changes in it. So some folks have said, hey, wait a minute, you are letting us uh, eat all the fat that we want in this program? We can eat all the fried foods that we want? That is something that kind of came up when people were looking at the uh, earlier versions of the handout. Those of you that know the history of Indian country, I'm really indebted to a Native researcher some years ago who uh, looked into this, was looking at indigenous practices throughout North America, and uh, she found that um, just compelling evidence that before European contact, Native Americans never fried their food. Now, as some of you, this may come as a shock to them, and you say, well, hey, you know, fry bread. I mean, that's our Indian unity food. Well, talk with your elders, go back in your oral history, and, and let me know if, I mean, there's a people group here in uh, North America that actually was frying things before European contact. That's not what the Native researchers have, have uncovered, as they've worked with various uh, indigenous communities. They may not have worked with yours, though. You know, there's hundreds of communities that are represented in Indian country. So by and large, though, what the research shows is that Native Americans did not fry their food historically. This is really a very significant concept. Some of you, if you were with us for the entirety of this show, you heard me speak about this research from Harvard University. They're the ones that have been the uh, guardians, the researchers behind the nurses' health study. They actually in looking at the data, found that the fried foods are among the very worst when it comes to packing on the pounds over time. Two of them that were especially identified, French fries and potato chips. A lot of people don't think of chips as being fried, but that's what they are, whether they're corn chips or potato chips. So one of the fasts that we're incorporating in this eight fast regimen, the fast eight regimen, You'll see it uh, if you download uh, one of the current versions of the handout. Is uh, It is a fast from all fats, uh, at least fried foods, okay? Not from all fats. I mean, you can't, uh, you'd have to be on a synthetic diet. So we're asking people to fast from fried foods. And what we've done, if you didn't hear what I said in the last segment, is we're giving people options, so if you say, there's no way I could do this, uh, you know, I work for Frito-Lay and, uh, you know, every Friday we have a business meeting and the chips are out. And if you don't eat the chips during the meeting, you basically will lose your job. In defense of Frito-Lay, I know nothing about your corporation, okay? And uh, so this is, is not any inside information. I'm just giving you some hypothetical example if you're working in in some environment or your family environment or some tribal gathering or it's the fried bread at the powwow uh, and you feel you need to eat it there to show your solidarity with your native brothers and sisters there. Yes, this is not a program where we're taking away your ability to make decisions on a day-to-day basis, but we are asking you to make commitments And what we find when it comes to successful metabolic disease management, and that's talking about anything from cholesterol issues to diabetes to high blood pressure to weight problems, we find that the most successful pattern is where people say, 
what kind of lifestyle strategies am I going to make a commitment to long term? And one of them that we're going to ask you to work with or consider working with during the Fast 8 program is making a clean break with all fried foods. And uh, we are not going to roll that out the very first week of the program. Uh, We roll out different elements in the different weeks. And we gave an overview of how this all works in our first radio show on this topic. But you can just download the handout and you can see how the program plays out. And we're listening to you. If you say, wait a minute, I can't do this. There's no way we want everyone to be able to stay on the program and have results. And the results, the biggest result we could have, and again, I'll just tell you this, I would rather, in eight weeks, I would rather you lost two pounds, yes, two pounds in eight weeks, than lost 20 pounds. If you lost two pounds because you made some decisions that you're going to stick with long term, rather than someone who lost the eight, 10, 20 pounds, and is going to go right back to their old lifestyle. That's not what this Fast Aid program is about. It's about, yes, looking at some intensive strategies that can help you. There's, of course, more intensive strategies that we're not using in this program. We've tried to strike this balance between giving you some things that will challenge you, giving you options that will challenge you, other things that anybody can embrace, and really putting these tools in your hands. So really want to give you those messages And I want to tell you about one other thing that we've added to the program since we rolled it out. And if you've been a long-time listener to American Indian and Alaska Native Living, you remember a guest that I had many years ago who uh, wrote a book called Sleep Away the Pounds. That's right, Sleep Away the Pounds. And the whole thesis of the book was that if we're cutting ourselves short on sleep, we're messing with our metabolism in ways that actually set us up to gain more weight. And we've incorporated uh, into the program, it's a fasting regimen, but you say, well, how do you incorporate getting more sleep into a fasting regimen? Um, By the way, we've addressed this in recent versions of the handout. Some of you, likely, when we were telling you things like fast from inactivity and fast from negativity, you were saying, hey, those aren't real fasts. We want some real fasting strategies, things that relate to our diet. Well, we've tried our best in the latest versions of the handout, the guidelines for this program, to try to stick with dietary things for all the fasts. But we are giving some kind of corollary fasts, other things that we want you to walk away from. And uh, one of the things we want you to walk away from, at least one of the options we give you, is to walking away from overwork. Uh, In other words, making time to get adequate sleep because adequate sleep is very important metabolically for you. And let's put it this way. If you're not getting enough sleep, you will ramp up stress hormone levels. It is the only way you can function. Your body is going to have to kick out more stress hormones to keep you going because you're short on sleep. You say, well, well, who cares? Aren't the stress hormones uh, good? I mean, don't they rev you up? Well, yeah, they rev you up, but the, the problem is they interfere with your metabolism. So as those stress hormone levels go up, it interferes with your blood sugar. It interferes with your blood pressure. It's interfering with you metabolically. And why this is so important 
is because we want your metabolism operating at peak efficiency. We don't want you undermining it because uh, what happens when you undermine metabolism is you actually make it more difficult to lose weight, make it easier to gain weight. So we've incorporated uh, sleep into the program. It's not an official fast. It's one of these corollary fasts, not overworking, fasting from overwork. But uh, you will see in the new edition of the handout, if you have one of the older ones, that we've incorporated this. So here's my plea. If you're really interested in the concepts that we're putting out there, we are engaging you as our American Indian and Alaska Native listeners to be a part of developing a program that works across the board. I am anxious for as many of you as possible. If you're thin, if you're underweight, we've uh, promised, uh, let's put it this way, I'm committed, okay? I know promises are sometimes weak, but it's my goal to give people some pointers on how to gain weight as we go through this eight-week program, too, if they need to gain weight. And uh, those of you who are saying, well, wait a minute, how can you tell people how to gain weight and we're trying to lose weight? You'll see how this all comes together because some of these principles, depending on how you apply them, you can use them to gain weight or to lose weight. They're just powerful principles, powerful strategies that I want to put in your hands. So again, make sure you get the handout. It's available at www.timelesshealinginsights.org www.timelesshealinginsights.org. If you go to that website, you will also get updates when we're releasing video content, interactive videos, things that you can participate in. Join us for the journey as we try to make a difference in Indian country and beyond with the Fast 8 Weight and Health Optimization Program. I'm Dr. DeRose, as always, wishing you the best of health. This is Life Talk Radio.